On today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, Joe is once again not here because he's at that place when Chad and I are not at that place. Uh, we had a ton of news, pretty important news, come across this week, and we're going to talk about all of it. And then we're going to talk pretty much all the, the weekly recap from last week's SmackDown all the way up until this week's SmackDown because it was pre-taped and we kind of already know what happened. And it's some of it might be important towards the last little bit of the show, which is our predictions for this Saturday's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view airing at noon, which is great. I'm going to be drunk on a Saturday afternoon. Which is pretty normal, I guess. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. Chad, are you ready to go? Yep. Oh, let's go. Welcome into episode 44 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan, joined by Chad. Chad, how you doing? Pretty good. Are you doing pretty good because Cody Rhodes is heading to WWE? Okay, we're just going to go straight into it, huh? (laughs) This is like the number one thing that I wanted to talk about this week. Because... It's just all of the all of the disdain that we've had for Cody, might I say, hatred towards him for the past at least six months. Um, he ended up never renewing his AEW contract. There were some tweets sent out, I think, yesterday or two days ago, and he is now no longer a part of AEW. And the rumors on the street say that he's going to WWE. What do you what do you what do you believe? What do you not believe here? I'm I'm completely torn. All right. So let's if we think about this from a from what well, from facts, right? Um the first, let's separate facts here. Things we know about Cody. Cody is a brand in and of himself. He has it tattooed on him. Yeah. So his <laughs> this brand is something that he is willing to market out across more than just wrestling. You know, he had roads to the top and the, the go big show and all that stuff. I'm split on the WWE thing, not from like whether I want it to happen or not uh, from like a, whether I believe it or not, because of that fact, uh, if there's a company out there that can market a brand uh for like financial success, it would be WWE over AEW any day of the week. Yes. Like they're financially a 
bigger brand themselves and can push whatever he wants to do as long as he's given in his contract the capability to progress his brand how he wants he could he could make this thing huge he could he could be the next john cena when it comes to like big time stars because of his brand if he went to wwe's and i could totally see him doing that even though he's like anti-wwe through a lot of his gimmick previously but for the same reason he would have to give up all those tnt tbs shows yeah that's he like would have the- to go off the go big show and coat roads the top i think already filmed a second season or was filmed in the process of filming i think and that wouldn't happen yeah that's the craziest part of all this is like the that's like the one thing that's making me like not really believe what all like the rumors on the street is because like the dude still has two shows on TNT, which I can almost guarantee are not going to continue if he's going to be joining WWE. Yeah, there's no way he could be on a TNT or a TBS show and be a member of WWE. No way. It's just not possible. So then the other the other thought behind all of this is like whether or not it's all just a work. I don't I don't really think it's all a work. Like I think I honestly I don't know if any of it is. It's just like the fact that his contract has expired I think is 100% legit. Like there's really no way around that. They took him out of the they took him out of the opening segment of AEW. He's not featured on any of their stuff anymore. Yeah, the, so, he's like off of the I mean, website or the official roster on the website, all that stuff. Like, yeah. if it was a work, like they went all the way and did all the, they looked into every little minute detail in order to make people believe that it was real, if it's a work, but I don't really believe that. The other part of this is like, I don't understand like what's changed between now and. I don't know what five or six years ago when he left WWE to like make him think that it's going to be any different this time around, other than the fact that like he has become way bigger than he ever was in WWE. I still just don't think that that's, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to see it to believe it. If, if, if it's going to happen. I, th- I think it's just one of those things. I think the big difference is it- it's him. He's different coming back to the company. He is a much bigger star having left and done everything in New Japan and Ring of Honor and then starting AEW. He's a businessman first now, and he's got he's built himself into something that I think is much more marketable on a big time scale. And if the rumors are true, everything we're seeing about like him already having talked to WWE and the contracts are in the works, it's all centered on the fact that they're going to make him a main event star. And that's something he never got when he was there before. So that could be, the difference would be that he is different. He is better. He is bigger. He is, he is something I think that would easily be marketable on a main event scene in WWE. Something he also didn't even get in AEW. Yeah. Not long after he, he got there, he was like, I'm just going to put the EVP thing first. And then when Tony Khan kind of took all the booking away from the EVPs, I mean, I've also heard that he would be, the contract is also centered around him getting a lot of creative freedom. And I wouldn't be shocked if he got the same creative freedom he got in 
AEW and now he's able to do it on a bigger scale at WWE. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to give him that, then I don't see any reason why he wouldn't want to go to WWE. Like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it almost has to be more money, right? Oh, I guarantee. I, I've read so much that, like, the the reason why the AEW thing didn't work out was centered solely around money and everything else was just what caused the falling out. Like, the heel wasn't able to book a much anymore and his creative wasn't what he wanted it to be. And all the mm-hmm. other stuff, I think, was what caused the falling out between him and Tony. And then the rumor is the final straw was like they couldn't come to agreement on a money contract. Yikes. Well, the other the other portion of this is like with the rumors. So there's there's two other rumors is like one that Vince is has apparently talked like or there's there's been people hearing backstage that if Cody comes in, like he's in line for a major push. And that's not to like already that's not the whole like the the bit that we do we're like i'm hoping he gets released um like it seems like that would actually be legit i don't know and then the other one is i already forgot shit what was i gonna say i don't know but if he comes in and they and if they get cody He's getting a big time mania match. It's a fact. There's no way around. Oh, it. And he can come in today. You know, obviously that's, that was stage. it. That was the other one. It was like he could come in. He, like if he's coming, he could be there at any point. We could see him Monday when we're at Raw. That would be the only person <laughs> we're going to see on Monday. Whoa, you think we're going to see Veer? <laughs> Veer Mahan's finally showing up. No. All right. Uh, wait. Will sure Cody make it to Raw? Will Cody make it to Raw before Veer? Yes. <laughs> if Cody shows up, he's making it way before Veer does because uh, Veer's not showing up to after Mania. Oh, is that like confirmed now? No, I just... Oh. I'm assuming. <laughs> All right, go I'm ahead with what you're so, saying. It's so realistic. that <laughs> uh, The rumor mill in WWE, other than the Cody thing, has centered solely this week around Stone Cold Steve Austin making a one-time return. And there was some stuff on Raw we'll talk about that um, hinted at it. But rumor mill is we could see Stone Cold doing promo work as early as Monday on this upcoming Raw, which we have tickets to go see. I... So when when you first told me that we were going to Raw, like... I don't know. It was at least three or four months ago. Something like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's raw. Whatever. Raw's hit or miss. And then we've gotten closer and closer. And then now, like, all the way up to this week, it's like, holy fuck. There is, like, some big-time shit that could be happening this week on Raw. And I am very excited. Imagine we get Stone Cold and Cody both on the same Raw. Holy fuck. I mean, oh pr- probably not going to get Stone Cold like in person, right? The, the rumor that I read and I texted you guys about a couple days ago saying he's making his like he's making his return on Monday. The, the Raw after Elimination Chamber is what it says when he's going to make his return and he's going to promote and it's going to set up the match with him and Kevin Owens. Um. Okay, so the the only other question I had about this one is are you, are you like, I'm assuming you're probably one of the people like, like every wrestling fan that has been like, 
man, if only I could have seen one more Stone Cold Steve Austin match. Right? Am I right? Sure. This are you really what I expected? Okay. That, that, was, that was my next question is like, are you like really anxious or like want to see this that bad? No. Um, I have a bad feeling this would be one of those uh, WrestleMania squash matches, you know, like Undertaker versus uh, John Cena a few years ago, or maybe like The Rock versus Eric Rowan at a at a mania a few years before that so like, austin i could see austin squashes owens i could easily see like i saw an interview that austin did where he talked about why he hasn't come back and he talked about talking to taker and how much work taker did just to do that one comeback match um was extensive months and months and months of cardio work and working out so that he didn't injure himself or you know die out there with how old these guys are yeah um, and he said he wasn't willing to do that so i don't think this is gonna be a 30 minute banger oh, of a match definitely not yeah so do i really want 10 minutes of ko getting squashed by a legend that i've always wanted to see no but it is it is gonna lead up to an interesting build and i'm almost more excited for the build and the same the possible the promo work and the and the, the promo work yeah the mud hole stomping yeah i don't have a lot of faith it's going to be an overly great match but and it does kind of disappoint that like his comeback is going to be this but you know it is what it is and yeah i'm not going to say like no don't let it happen i'm not gonna be against it or anything so all right um Last little bit of news, and really, this is not really that big of news because Chad already said something about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. WWE officially signed former Ring of Honor women's champion, Roxy. Not shocked by this one at all. I, uh, I heard rumors of this after her first tryout that she was very highly sought after by WWE. And then at the time, she was still the Ring of Honor world women's champion. So there was some debate as to... There was some debate as to whether or not uh, she could even sign having those titles still in her hand. And then since then, she's lost the Ring of Honor Women's Championship to Deanna Perrazzo, who defended it last week uh, on Impact Wrestling. Uh, so it makes sense now that she's off the title. I heard the rumor I heard was that during she was offered a second tryout and then immediately offered after the second tryout. So interesting now that's her she's no longer booked with other companies she's free to sign and she's only like 20 years old so there's a lot of years left of roxy and she's pretty good so excited for this one yeah yeah i'm excited to see her in nxt um i'm assuming it'd be pretty quickly right yeah i don't think she needs a lot of uh ring work so they may want to do some work on her promo work but in ring she's already there okay um well that was pretty much all the news from this week it was it was not like a ton of news but the news was huge pretty much like not really much else to say about that um so let's get into the weekly huge <laughs> let's get into the weekly wrestling recap and we'll start with smackdown uh right off the bat big complaint for me is Pat McAfee wasn't there. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, that's true. 
what were you going? You're going with that. What were you going to complain okay. about? I, I mean, it's SmackDown. There's a lot I could complain about. Are you going to complain about the the rematches? Better. I mean, that was a bulk of the card. Was there anything original match wise on this whole card? Um, Corbin Cesaro was original, which has probably happened before. Which I'm sure has happened way in the past, but it was something I haven't seen in a long time, and it was okay. Yeah, but everything else. Yeah, it looks like New New Day and Lotharios, Aaliyah, Natalia, Naomi, Charlotte. Yeah. All pretty Let's recent. Say the rematch. Naomi Charlotte thing, though. Yeah, I mean, I thought the New Day and Los Lotharios was a good match, and Naomi and Charlotte was fucking awesome. Yeah, I this. I mean, I know it's only February, but like WWE wise, I thought this was like women's match of the year contender on SmackDown. Quite possibly, That's it was that good damn good. Was. It was fucking awesome. It's Naomi proven what we we know, but we haven't seen in a long time. Other than that Sonya Deville match, you know, two weeks ago, is that Naomi can go with anyone and create a hell of a match, and she is underutilized on this car on this very roster. much. I think if she was used more, she would be up there in that echelon of the four horsewomen plus Oscar and Bianca. But they don't yeah. use her enough to she just never got that dominant title run like bianca did to push her in that echelon i mean bianca's only been on the main card for like a year and a half but that dominant title run put her in that echelon yeah naomi had a couple title runs one was the the injury ended it early and the other one was before we really got into the the revolution of women but like it it was still a good title run it's just i think we sometimes forget that she is as good as she is and she she is just that damn good yeah um great match Great match. Yeah. The I thought the funniest thing of the night, though, was when Sonya Deville was in the ring. Yeah, this is at the beginning, I think. She was saying something about Naomi and Charlotte's match later in the night. And then uh, Adam Pierce came out and read an email from Vince McMahon. And one of the lines in the email was Vince saying, uh, if there's one thing that he hates, it's a WWE official who abuses their power. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the subtle dig Just, at himself. <laughs> that made me laugh pretty hard. Um, the other, the other thing—I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, so Biggie and Kofi Kingston—they had that match against Los Otarios, and obviously they had one last week, which they won. So obviously this week they lost. But that's not really what I'm getting at. Is that when they made their entrance? I don't know if you noticed, but they were introduced as Biggie and Kofi Kingston, and not the New Day. Yes, is, is there I any, two Is there anything things. there with that? I hope not. I did see an internet article that was like, "Wait, is it not the new day anymore?" Um, but they also gave like some weird nickname to Los Lotharios, so I just don't know if it was like bad ring announcing, or they're actually not calling them the new day. But even what, like the call- even the graphics said Biggie and Kofi Kingston. Yeah, but they came out to the same theme music, and they came out to like the same like little Mario thing so like none of that changed that's true so so fingers crossed that we're not getting rid of that that would Fuck, be dude we've they've tried to pull up that heartstring one too many times i'm not a fan yeah next Especially week they're gonna they just... <laughs> i feel like next week they're gonna enter separately into different music that's the last thing we go, go back to kofi's original theme music Ooh, yeah sos the one where he was yeah was it the one where he was 
from Ghana or the one where he was from Jamaica or the one where I don't know. It's got to be one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) So many different countries of origin in Kofi Kingston's background. Did you catch that they called the Los Lotharios the Lethal Rebels? No. They they said that twice. And I was like, the Lethal Rebels? That's pretty stupid. That's awful. That's a terrible name for them. That's terrible. That doesn't fit at all. They literally, when they won the match, they called it, they called them, the winners are the Lethal Rebels, Los Lotharios. And I was like, the fuck did you just call them? Yeah, I didn't catch that at all. That went right over my head. That's... That's horrendous. I can't wait to watch SmackDown this week and hear that. <laughs> if they're even yeah. on it. Um, I don't know. What else did you have for SmackDown? Um, the, the end. We had a we had another Zia Lee appearance. Oh and yeah. That, oh yeah. Moving on. Uh I thought Corbin versus Cesaro was good. And uh once again, the end of days was used. So you know who won the match. Yeah. Are you are you keeping track of that now? Like anytime it's used, it's like, oh, it, 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 look at that! They didn't kick out of it. Yeah, I I instantly stopped watching because you know who's gonna win. Yeah, it's. Did you catch in the match though that they called Corbin undefeated since he's become Happy Corbin? I mean, that just can't be true, right? In singles competition, I googled it. In singles competition, Happy Corbin has never lost a match. In tag team action, he's, he's never lost. been pinned. Madcap always gets pinned. So the dude they is, were saying the he's dude's on fire. virtually undefeated. The dude's on My fire boy. right now. Wow. Hey, congrats happy to you. Constable Baron Corbin, you know? Dude, congrats to you. All your favorites are on fire right now. Happy Constable, the lone wolf Baron Corbin, you know, well, is just straight killing it. All your favorites except for Shane McMahon. No, I'm happy he's gone. <laughs> um, and then uh, I don't after like it's being held over my head just because I owned a jersey. I mean, it's funny. That's why it's funny for Joe and I. But the only other thing that I had was like the post match stuff after Naomi and Charlotte. Uh, like Sonya, Sonya came down there, and then Ronda Rousey made the save, and they're setting up this match a tag team match between the two teams of uh, Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte and uh, Sonia at elimination chamber this Saturday. Um, and then there's the, the third women's match on that card. It's insane. I love it. Look how we've gone from like the first time a woman wrestled over there. And it was like a one singles match with no build to like, we have an elimination chamber with six women in it and two other matches featuring six other women there's 12 women on this jetta saudi arabia card yeah it's hell yeah dude the the progression is great did you also see that they had the first ever woman on a billboard in saudi arabia when becky and lita made a, a billboard i did not know that that's that i guess that makes sense why that's why they were showing that so much yeah it's a big deal <laughs> Um, I think we should just cover like the spoilers for next week. I don't know. Well, for this week's SmackDown, because this show is going to come out after it airs anyways. That's um, fine. It, nothing crazy. Well, 
I'll just run down. I'll just run down the entire thing. There was a face to face between Roman Reigns and Goldberg. Um, It just says an exchange of words happened. Uh, Ricochet and Sheamus had a match. Sami Zayn and Shinsuke had their Intercontinental Championship match. If you don't want that spoiled, then you know what? I'm just not going to say anything. What happened? Maybe Shinsuke is still the champion. Maybe Sami Zayn is the champion now. Um, Ivar defeated Jimmy Uso. Oh, no. That's important. Oh, yeah, that is important. Um, promo segment between McIntyre, Corbin, and Moss. Uh, it says extended promos for the Elimination Chamber match and the Universal Championship match. I don't know which Elimination Chamber match because this is SmackDown. And both Elimination Chamber matches are on Raw. Yeah, I was about to ask you, what is that for? I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. (laughs) And then uh, the show ended with a contract signing between Rousey, Naomi, Flair, and Sonya. Um, It apparently ended up in a brawl with Rousey slamming Flair's face into the table, which there was leaks online of what that looked like, and it looked so botched. I'm excited to see how they fucking edit that. Yeah, I heard um, that they they are going to edit it so that the botch is not something they show on TV. Yeah, and then Rousey and Naomi flipping the table on Flair and Deville, clearing the ring. So Rousey and Naomi getting the upper hand on the go home show. Interesting. Not doesn't sound like a great night in all honesty. But oh, it's I'm pre taped SmackDown, so I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be worse than normal SmackDown. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to be watching it live. Um, Sorry to our, our constant Twitter followers. We're not going to be posting live. Yeah, the like 100 and something of you. We have over 100 Twitter followers? Yeah, dude, we're killing it. I, I just started tweeting yesterday. There was so like a would... solid, there was like a solid like two month span where all I did was tweet out the episode links because I just never, <laughs> I was never able to watch wrestling live. So I just didn't tweet about it. We're trying to get better. We promise. Life is hard. Um, Life is busy. Yeah, very busy. Um, let's talk about Rampage. Do you have any notes on Rampage? I like some stuff on Rampage. I thought the opener between the Young Bucks and Rapongi Vice was very good. Not to mention two of my favorite people in all of wrestling showed up. Dan, Dan Housen. Housen and the Switchblade Jay White attacked Trent Beretta afterwards. Hell yeah. And they're going to have their first singles match ever next week. This week on Friday. Like tomorrow. This week on Friday. Tomorrow night. That's what I meant to say. Tomorrow night. Special start time, <laughs> 7 p.m. Yep, that's true. Um, there was one part of this match that I really enjoyed, like logic wise. I, I always really enjoy when like there's a very logical move in wrestling. Um, there was like a point in the match where both the Bucks, they ran to the top of the ramp like they were like they were leaving the match. So Rapongi Vice chased them up the ramp and the Bucks kind of knew that they were coming. So they gave him a super kick and then ran back to the ring and told the ref to start counting. So like the, the Rapongi Vice was like super far away from the ring. And then they also like ran back. They're just like the, the logic of that, you know, smart stuff, smart heels, you know, stuff you don't see that often. And I really enjoyed it. And also Dan Housen. We said that already, but just another shout out to Dan Housen. He was there. Another shout out to the, one of the most enjoyable people on the planet, Dan Housen. Yeah, love it. And then the main event I thought was also pretty good. The Jurassic Express 
retaining over the ass boys. Had some yeah, ass boy the, chance. The only other two things in between there were a hook squash and a DMD squash. So yeah, the main event was uh, definitely a good match. The Gun Club has so much raw talent. Like they're gonna be, whoa, they're gonna be huge. So you think the Gun Club is the next defectors to WWE, <laughs> and they're gonna go no, to Raw? I, I, I specifically said that just to irk you guys over the the swerve <laughs> uh, stuff, but. The Gun Club is very talented, and I they're going to be around for quite a while. And I'm I'm glad that Billy Gunn has gifted the world with a hell of a tactic. I really enjoy the Gun Club, and I enjoyed this match a lot. It's fun to make fun of them being the ass boys. They they play along with it so well in all the videos too. Like yeah, they they already have so much charisma. They're able to play along with it and really make it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what about Raw? This is the one I have the most notes for, actually. Oh boy, it is the think, longest show, though. I think mine's Dynamite, but that's because I think that's the only thing. No, I watched it Raw, NXT, and Dynamite Live this week, so I don't know oh. why. Except, except the only thing I didn't watch live because Raw was once again on sci fi, so I forgot to record it until about 8 30. So I missed the opening segment, which I heard was pretty dumb and bland. Uh, basically, you had each member of the Raw Men's Elimination Chamber come out to the ring one by one and just say the normal, like, I'm in an Elimination Chamber and I'm better than that guy. Or yeah. I'm going to win the match because of this reason. And it just over and over again, uh, different people interrupting Bobby Lashley until Brock Lesnar comes out and uh, makes a mockery of Austin Theory and suplexes the shit out of him. I did see that he so. took a selfie with him. Yeah, he took he took Austin's phone and selfied him. The ultimate sign of respect. Did you <laughs> were you able to catch the Street Profits Dirty Dogs match in the first 30 minutes? Nope, because the first the, no, the first match I saw was Priest and Styles. Okay. Yeah. The only thing to to mention with the So was Street that Profits the match where Tommaso was that the match where Tommaso was on commentary? Yes. Tommaso Ciampa was here, was there, and he came out before the match. So you didn't even get his entrance, unfortunately, which I was pretty upset about. Like, why feature Tommaso Ciampa on commentary, but not like have like no one will survive and like get the crowd reaction to it? Like they just came back from commercial and they were like, We're gonna do the dirty dogs and street profits match. And they were like, Welcome Tommaso Ciampa to Raw, and he's here by commentary. And I was like, damn. They it. probably, yeah, they probably just don't want you to know how over he is as a as a watcher of Raw, but not NXT. Yeah, so that people aren't clamoring for him on the main roster that are like casual I mean, fans. Are. Yeah, but that's are, like but... that's just the people that watch NXT, which is not everybody. So I guess we should just get into AJ versus Damian Priest then, since it's the first thing you saw. Um, while it is while it is the first thing I saw, I don't really remember a whole lot about it, other than it seemed like it was once again way too short. Yeah, I actually wrote the same thing. I was like, this was short and lackluster. Slash, why did Damien win? Not sure. How did he it, win? It, I don't I don't even remember. Uh, I think it was a roll-up. It was a clean pin, but I think it was like a surprise roll-up thing. I don't remember it being like he hit his finisher. I don't think he hit his finisher. 
to win it. I think he rolled up eight. Yeah, I think it was like a roll up after a, like a he went for the Styles Clash, the phenomenal forearm or something, and he rolled him up, and it like caught AJ by surprise. Which I mean, I guess is the right way to sell it if you don't want to put the title on. Uh, you don't want to put the title on AJ, but like I thought this was going to go the opposite, and they were going to have Damian be Damian and like go crazy get himself again. disqualified. Yeah, God. The rage. Of I feel Damian. like I feel like I would have remembered it more if he would have done that because I would have been like, "God damn it, what the fuck!" <laughs> it was nice to see a Damian Priest match end without a disqualification, at least. So there is. That. That's true. Um, I have two notes where I made them during the show, and then later in the night had to literally just write dot 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 never mind next to them. You want to know is what they are? Alexa Bliss. <laughs> So the one is Alexa Bliss still slowly making the transition to the goddess, dot, 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 never mind. Mm. And the second one was... She's here. The second one was after the gauntlet match, I said, sucks that the mystery opponent didn't get a chance to try for it, dot, 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 never mind. Because immediately after, we got Alexa Bliss getting announced as the mystery opponent. (laughs) I was so shocked at why they did that. Like, why not just leave it a mystery until fucking Saturday? If it's just going to be Alexa Bliss. I don't know. Because everyone would have been picking Asuka, probably. I would have never... Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't even know why. I never would have thought it was Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I thought this was a, a longer storyline. But it seems like she's... Uh, the goddess is back. And the goddess of Alexa Bliss is in the match. I know who I want to win, anyway. Is it I know, Alexa I don't Bliss? Think she, yeah, 100%. I love Alexa. Um, but it's not... Who I think's gonna win if that doesn't sell away my prediction. Whoa, I wonder who's gonna win that. I think that one's like between the two chamber matches, I think that's the more obvious one. Yeah. The other one on 50-50 split. Yep, exactly. Okay. But we're gonna get to that. We got two more shows to cover, yeah. plus the rest of this one. Um, what did you think of Becky's like character work in this contract signing? Were you a fan of it? I mean, I hated this whole segment. Okay. Like I didn't I don't I don't even like it. I, I'm glad this is like a one-off, or I'm hoping anyway, this is like a one-off. The rumor is that it's a one-off that Lee does not get doing anything after this. You thank God. I'm like I'm excited to watch it, but I'm not excited for it to continue because I just don't think it sells well. And I just really need Becky. I need a strong face against like a Uber heel Becky. Like I don't want like whatever Becky this was like sad that she has to face her thing and then oh it's a swerve I'm gonna kick your ass Becky I didn't like it I just didn't like it I want like strong heel fucking uber strong face work at mania yeah I wasn't yeah I'm the kind of the same I was the only reason I was asking because it seems like there was a decent amount of people online that were like really really big fans of like the character work during this promo and this contract signing but and honestly, she's like I'm doing well the with the way. character, I just don't like it, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I feel that way. Honestly, the only other thing that I even care to talk about is the gauntlet match and Rhea Ripley's performance in this thing, dude. Well, there's the main event too, but yeah, the the gauntlet match was the was one. It started at like an hour and something minutes into the paper into the raw. And it went for 45 minutes. Yeah, it was awesome. And Colin. Rhea Ripley was in all 45 minutes. Awesome. 
<clears throat> they put Rhea over the moon. I would not be shocked if like the first opponent for whoever wins at Mania is Rhea Ripley on like a Oh, for sure. I think so. Or well, I mean, well, because the 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 first pay-per-view after Mania is WrestleMania Backlash, so we're definitely getting rematches. All the rematches. But mm-hmm. after that, at whatever pay-per-view that is, I see it. I definitely see it. Mm-hmm. They put her over as fuck. She eliminated everyone but Bianca en route to finishing second in the gauntlet match. And I thought she was going to get pinned by Liv because Liv came out second or third. She was technically the third person, but the second opponent for Rhea Ripley. And I thought mm-hmm. Liv was going to get the pin. And then I thought Dewdrop was going to get the pin. Yeah, the whole and... time I was like, man, can't believe Rhea's going this far. I guess she's going to lose to this person. Not to mention she one Iron Woman the match looked great, put her over as fuck. But I think she's come leaps and bounds just since she was in NXT in wrestling capability because she was crushed in this match. Yeah. She kept it very interesting the whole time, whether she was getting hit or whether she was on the top or whatever. I thoroughly enjoyed all 45 minutes of this gauntlet match, and I can't believe I'm saying a raw match that went like 40 minutes was something I was deeply enjoying, but I did enjoy this gauntlet match. I mean, it was four different matches, but it was like all together, it was very, very good. And there wasn't like any like different portion of it that I even disliked. I thought it was all very good leading up to the Bianca and Rhea one, which I thought was the best portion of the match as well. I thought the live and Rhea portion was equally as good as the Bianca one. Yeah. I really, I thought Liv did a really good job in this match selling that she was going to win this match. And yeah. Rhea really put her, her over, but those two segments were awesome. And I thoroughly enjoyed, I, I loved this gauntlet. The yeah. gauntlet matches were like this every time I'd be, I would like gauntlet matches more. Usually it's like squashes in the middle. The first person never lasts the whole time. Like, yeah, the la- I like this. The person that enters last usually wins. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, know that happened. Uh, yeah. So Bianca, who entered last, won, and she is now entering last in the women's elimination chamber match. Hmm. So I wonder what's hmm. going to happen there. I don't know. I guess we'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, and then we have the main event. So the main event was Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. Um, I thought this was also just pretty damn good. And even like the ending kind of made sense. Like I didn't hate the ending, which normally like I did. It, you're looking at me weird. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like love it. I'm not saying I loved it. I mean, I would say this was good. For a main event on Raw, it did smack down us a little bit because they started at like the 28 or 29 minute mark. And then like it took like almost 10 minutes to actually start the 20 minute long main event match. See, I feel like I didn't even I feel like I didn't even notice that because I watched it. I think I watched it a day later, like I, I watched the rest of Raw live, but then I couldn't stay up for that. So I watched it the next day and was able to like fast forward. So I didn't even, I did, yeah. yeah, I didn't even notice that they did that. They smacked on us, but it was yeah. still a good match. That the last like twenty minutes of the show were just the match. There was like one commercial break or two, but 
I thought it was a good main event and it, it does build on some hopeful storylines for Mania. I think that Seth Rollins being involved in maybe a tag a tag match scene at Mania makes sense. I, I'm really hoping we get this triple triple threat tag team match for the Raw tag titles. But yeah, if Kevin but Owens Kevin is Owens facing is... Stone Cold, who's Rollins going to team with? But I mean, you're saying that we couldn't have someone wrestle two matches in two nights? I mean, New Japan does it every time. Want to have the triple threat tag one night and have KO over Stone Cold the next night? Yeah. It would kind of defeat the purpose of the whole angle of like the reason why he has the match is because he's in Texas and no one wants him to have the match. But maybe just Seth versus Riddle or Seth versus Randy at Mania and like a really big match would also be good too. It doesn't have to be RK Bro versus Seth. Yeah, I honestly have no fucking idea what they're gonna do with Seth Rollins at this point. Like, yep. There's so many places you could go, but it's like I just have no idea where we're going with it. Um but yeah, the uh, I almost said American Alpha. Alpha Academy interferes at the end. Riddle comes out. And this was all right after Randy Orton delivered an RKO. Uh, so those guys come out. Randy Orton ducks out of the ring instead of pinning. Like a fucking stupid face. The other... Just stupid faces just annoy me the most. <laughs> but he ducks out of the ring, beats up on Otis, gets back in the ring before the count of 10, and Rollins gives him a stomp. And it's over. You should have given him the, the penalty kick like Orton used to do. That would have been way better. That would have been good, like good little storytelling there, but no. Oh well. Chose not to. I will never like every time I, I ever watch a Seth Rollins Randy Orton match, I will always want to see the the attempt at a curb stomp where Randy stands up, launches him in the air, and then hits the RKO. Yeah. From that WrestleMania, I think 31. Where they had that match. I think that God, was, that was like, awesome. I think that was my favorite RKO of all time. Like, yeah, definitely. That one in the I can't Evan think of Born one that one. I liked more. The Evan, the Evan Born, Born one. one's good. I think I like this one more. Yeah, me too. Very good. Um, all right. Next, we have NXT, which had Vengeance Day on Tuesday night. Oh, dude, this show was awesome. Every segment in this show is good. They started with a fucking banger. The uh, opening match was Tony D'Angelo versus Pete Dunne in a weaponized steel cage where they just took a bunch of weapons and you zip tied them to the sides of the cage. And they just started go like the minute the bell rang, they just started going hard in the paint in this one. They were just grabbing shit off the sides. They were throwing at each other. The toolbox spot. Where they put Dude. Tony D'Angelo's hand in the toolbox and stomped on it. Oh, there was that. And then there was also like the the Pete Dunn's normal like break your finger spot. But this time he used a combination wrench to like mm -hmm. literally wrench on his fingers. Oh, my favorite spot was all the original stuff they were doing with handcuffs, though. So Tony D'Angelo takes those zip tied handcuffs and like puts it uh, on Pete Dunn with his hands behind his back and then starts like beating the shit out of Pete Dunn. Who eventually gets Pete somehow gets Tony D'Angelo in a in like a chokehold style submission with like a, the, almost like a guillotine while his hands were behind his back. Yeah, with the handcuffs on. And so in order to break the hold, Tony D'Angelo has to cut the zip tie with tools he finds in the toolbox 
and I thought this was so original and it was very, very th- good. This I think this was my favorite match on the whole card. Ooh. And they it started the whole show. There was a there was three other good matches on this card, but I think this was my most entertaining match of the card. Maybe not the best like wrestling match, because there's two others I can think of that were phenomenal wrestling matches, but this was the I think the most entertaining segment on the whole card. Yeah. And Pete Dunn actually won. I wasn't expecting Pete Dunn to win. I was expecting Tony oh, D'Angelo. So to happy win. Pete Dunn won. Yeah, it was very yeah, good. Pete Dunn winning was that was my favorite part. The next match after that was the women's tag team championships. Indy Hartwell, Persia Pierogi versus Toxic Attraction. Sup? It's Parada. Yeah, I know. Well, and now I know. Literally, at first, Joe and I didn't know, so we just called her Persia Pierogi. And that just kind of stuck. It's close enough to Parada. It's a bit. It's a bit. Just get used to it. <laughs> um, big time, we want GG Chance in this match. I knew I was you were going to talk about that. Big time. I was a big time fan of that. Um, I thought this was just okay. It was average. Yeah, this was average. I honestly think like the the least. I don't. I don't know how to say this without like it's almost sounding offensive. But like, I thought the, that like the, my the, least entertaining the, person in the. Go ahead. Sorry. The least talented or like least entertaining wrestler in the match was Indy Hartwell, who's won the titles before. Whoa. Like JC Jane was taking some big hits. You know, Gigi was like the hot tag. Persia Parada does her big normal, like I'm the big person spot. You know, like I'm the strong woman spots. But like, what did Indy Hartwell really do in this match? She was there. Yeah. Dexter yeah, I didn't really at the end. didn't even notice that until just now when you're saying that. I'm like, you know what? He's kind of right. Excellent yeah. observation. Um Toxic Attraction wins the match and retain their women's tag team championships. They're probably going to lose those to whoever wins the women's Dusty Cup. Yeah. If if what we've been saying in the past is true and that like maybe we're waiting for Mania to like pull up a bunch of these wrestlers from NXT, I think they might have a legitimate chance to move up and be like a big time uh, if I'm gonna talk about women wrestlers. I think that all toxic attractions already approved. They're pretty damn good. There's no women's division on fucking Raw or SmackDown. So like, fuck it, pull a tag team up. That's actually. I mean, a tag the team. I mean, Raw has an elimination chamber and a women's championship match. One of them being one of those people is Lita, but <laughs> one of them is a part timer. Yeah. They've got they've got seven women on Raw. Who knows who else is there? Dana Brooke is probably there. I think she's on Raw. Yeah, the, the women's tag team champions are on Raw. They've just not defended the titles other than against the team they beat a single time. Yeah, they beat right. Rhea and Nikki, and then they beat Rhea and Nikki again, and then they beat Rhea and Nikki again, and then they haven't defended it. Since. It's like it's like, you know, like Vince McMahon is is, is he's he's not on record but like everyone else is on record saying like he doesn't give a fuck about tag teams and i would say up until i don't know a few years ago he didn't give a shit about women's wrestling either and then you combine the two and it's like he really doesn't give a shit 
about women's tag team wrestling. Almost as little as he gives a shit about the Intercontinental title nowadays. Oh, boy. Ain't that the truth? But after this match, we went to commercial, and we got a commercial for a new NXT show called NXT Level Up. So it's debuting this Friday on Peacock and has Quinn McKay of Ring of Honor fame as the so, commentator. And Quinn McKay is awesome. Sup? Sup? But Quinn McKay is awesome. Um, it's apparently an all-women's commentary team. Oh. And what I've heard is it's a, a AEW dark-style show where they're going to build... Because they were using 205 Live to debut some of these new NXT stars early. Like Tiffany Stratton debuted on 205 Live before she debuted on NXT. Huh. So I'm here. They're going to build some of their NXT prospects with some on-air matches. They're just calling 205 Live this now. Well, yeah, it's probably to just draw more eyes to it because like... Mm -hmm. And then promote it as like, hey, these people are going to... like. There's going to be people debuting on this show a lot. If you want to see them, watch the show. It's it makes 60, sense. It's a sixty-minute show. I did. I did read that. So I don't know. I'll maybe always, give out. A, is it always going to be Fridays at ten? Because I remember you telling me it's. Because I, I think I missed the commercial. I think. So, is it Fridays at ten? That's what it said for at the first. It said this Friday at ten. It will debut. I don't know if it's always Friday at ten, but I would not be surprised if it's always Friday at ten. Little competition. It's not on USA or anything. It's on Peacock. So it's it's not going to get many views on Friday at 10. Let's just say that. Streaming exclusively. I will probably watch it on Saturday with me skipping between stuff I don't care about. No, so what are you going to watch pretty, then? So Saturday, yeah, Saturday's pretty booked. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you going to watch then? <laughs> the Some whole new... show is just going to be squash matches. Yeah. I don't know. I'll give it a shot. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it open for I'll give it a shot and then we'll see how it goes. Um, the other thing that happened here in between this was there was a probably the quote of the night for me. There was a Briggs and Jensen backstage pro- promo. They were talking about like that date that one of them, I think Jensen, Jensen went on. Yeah, a Jensen date went Caden on a date Carter. with Caden Carter. Um. And he's talking about it and like he ends with like, she said a nice thing. She said, I was like a little brother. And he was like saying it all seriously. And Briggs, <laughs> Briggs goes, I know you're from Alabama, but that's not a good thing. Just thank you. He's from Alabama. So you took offense to the comment. No, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Definitely the reaction. That's that's the he's reaction probably, that's warranted. Uh, he's probably an Alabama fan, not an Auburn fan, so it's okay. Ooh, the less civilized half of uh, Alabama residents. Um, hey, you said it, not me. War um, eagle. But the point being here, that segment was pretty hilarious. Other than just that one comment, and I'm actually starting to really enjoy these uh, Briggs and Jensen backstage segments. Yeah, I think Dick. They they're doing something on NXT like they they must be giving them a lot of freedom to do for these backstage segments because like if you combine that and you got the Anafi and Blade segments like there's been mm-hmm. some comedy gold on NXT lately. Yeah, I don't know who's writing this stuff, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, 
three more matches here to cover. Um, well, I don't mean, skip the LA Knight stuff. Oh my God. And the LA Knight stuff. LA Knight. Over. Over as fuck. Yeah. And, yeah. When he tossed Grayson out of the ring and made his little promo and had the entire crowd when like he was like, say it loud or whatever. And he just, all he did was point. He didn't say shit. And the entire crowd erupted saying LA night. And then he ended it. Yeah. Fucking chills, dude. It was so good. So fucking good. No, he is super over. He's, he's, they've either got to move him to the main card or they've got to find a way for like Braun Breaker to go heal something so that they can put LA Knight in the main event scene somewhere Definitely. or at least on a major show because like he can't just be like on Vengeance Day getting a, a mediocre segment. LA Knight Grayson Waller segment. promo segment. Yeah, it was a segment on Vengeance Day. I mean, they're having a main they event. They're, they're in the main event this coming week, I believe. Those two are yeah, having a him match. Yeah, it's Grayson Waller. Yeah. So that is almost certain to be excellent. Um, it's been excellent before, so yeah. Uh, Mellow, Mellow, don't miss. The other match that I thought of when I thought of maybe match of the night was Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes. So good. This was so awesome. These guys were hitting stuff I've never seen before. Carmelo Hayes is a hundred percent ready for the main car. This dude looks very polished oh yeah if, like if there's one 2.0 guy that is 100 should go to the main card right now i think i'd put carmelo as number one not la night even after what you just said or does he's he not, not count guy he doesn't count i'm talking about 2.0 guys okay i mean carmelo hayes had a match before nxt was 2.0 i mean he had a whole tournament but he was bleeding into 2.0 yeah and he was on the 2.0 team, so let's call him 2.0. And then Trick Williams is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, just this, like, this crop of 2.0 people that they have is just hilarious. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mello don't miss. He retains the North American Championship. Um, the finals of the Dusty Cup Tag Wait, Team Tournament. Was it Hayes or Grimes that hit that nasty-looking Poison Rana in that match? I think Grimes hit it on Hayes. Was it? Gr- was it? Yeah, it was. There was a right near the end of the match. There was a Poison Rana, you know, like sitting on his head, and then backwards DDT, almost Canadian Destroyer style Poison Rana that looked disgusting. Uh, that was the my favorite move of the whole night. The Poison Rana. That poison rana. It was it was nasty. It was awesome. Those guys crushed it. I think I think I have to agree with you because I'm trying to remember any other moves that were like my favorite, but I can't think of any. Maybe maybe one in the next match, but it yeah, it's definitely not as good as a poison rana now that I think about it. Um I have to start by saying congratulations to you, Chad. Thank you. The Creed brothers are the champions of the Dusty Cup. They beat MSK. Um, I owe you a bang energy drink. Unless you want something else. No, it's like a, a that's bang. bang I, uh, okay. 
Okay. I would like to point out that I made this prediction at the very beginning of this tournament. Yeah. And not the in reason- the final week, early in the tournament. I'm pretty sure when we first saw the bracket, you made the prediction. Yep. So kudos to you. Congratulations. I don't get I don't get this lucky very often, but I I just had a feeling the Creed brothers were in for a really big push here. Whoa. They didn't necessarily get the push because they're not there yet, but they won the Dusty Cup and they're gonna get a tag team title match against Imperium. And I think that's gonna be phenomenal. I think they're gonna win. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think Imperium stays on NXT super long. I can't see them like if they're if if Imperium is still there past WrestleMania, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Um, but yeah, they won. They beat MSK. Uh, I thought the other move that was really cool was like the second to last move where I don't know what they call their finishing move, but where one of the Creed brothers like does a cartwheel while holding the dude. You know what I'm talking about? Like that looking mm-hmm. move. He did it on the outside. That was really cool. Yeah. And then yeah, came in yeah. and did like the clothesline finisher. Um, it was the uh, the taller, less bulky Julius Creed brother. Is that what it is? Brutus is the other one? Uh, yeah, I think so. These Roman names. I, I just can't get them straight. Uh, and then there was the main event. Probably the second worst match of the night. I don't know. This wasn't terrible. It wasn't. It yeah. Well, that's just to, to say, height. like, yeah. There this were some good. people. There were there some, was some people, hype, though. Yeah, there were some people online. Like, do you? So I'm just gonna say the take that some people were having online. Do you think that WWE sees um, Santos Escobar as the Andrade that they never had, or like people they are had saying Andrade, like? He's like people are saying like he's leaps and bounds beyond like above what they had in Andrade. No. Yeah, I disagree completely. I think that because Santos Escobar is a better promo worker than Andrade ever was and doesn't need uh Zelina Vega to talk on the mic for him, that you have a potential for Santos Escobar to be a significantly more impactful member of the main card if he ever gets moved up yeah because he can do his own promo work I andrade always struggled because they couldn't have andrade do promo work and that's like so important to how wwe builds stuff they don't let the wrestling do the talking like the one time andrade's biggest like his best rivalry was him against Rey mysterio because they didn't do promo work they just had a few really good matches yeah right and NXT was able to build without promo work. Main card in WWE, you got to be able to do promos. And Andrade couldn't. So I guess I would say that Santos Escobar has already proven he's better at promos. But in the ring, I would say Andrade is better than Santos Escobar. I think by a lot. But that's not saying that yeah. Santos is bad either. That's just how good Andrade is. No, I thought Santos Escobar did a really cool uh, Eddie Guerrero vibe throughout a lot of his match. His, really, his uh, pants were dedicated. Yeah, it was like an exact replica of what Eddie wore at some point back in the day. Yeah. Um, Dolph Ziggler got involved in this match, or at least tried to a little bit. Or no, he definitely did. <laughs> he, yeah, um, he he definitely definitely that, that got spot, involved. 
that interference spot where he uh, super kicked Braun Breaker got me. I thought it was like I was shocked. I jumped off the couch and I was like, no way. And then he, he kicked out at two. And I was yeah. like, oh, OK. Yeah. Um, and then and then okay. Champa and then Champa came out and ran Ziggler out of there. And Braun Breaker gets the win, retains the NXT championship. Uh, I want to point out that he used the the slam move, not not the Steiner recliner, not the camel clutch, the Steiner <laughs> recliner, camel clutch, the breaker re- recliner, the camel clutch. <laughs> tomato, I'm tomato. Glad. I I don't like the camel clutch. I don't like the Steiner recliner. I don't. I wish he would just use the slam because it's a very impressive slam move. And I enjoy it way more than I enjoy the Steiner recliner camel clutch breaker raker thing. Yeah, I mean, apples and oranges are two different fruits. <laughs> yeah. Sure, man. You're entitled to your opinion. That's wrong. Steiner recliner is awesome. Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Steiner recliner is just a fucking camel clutch. Everyone does it. It's not a good move. I mean, like I said before, tomato, tomato. No one says tomato. (laughs) I think British people do. Yeah, well, they're wrong. Ooh. There's going to be like one listener this week from the UK. And you just made a mortal enemy for life. Good. I'll be the heel. I always (laughs) was a bigger fan of heels. I'll get all the heat. Um, all right. The last show of the week, Dynamite. Uh, I mean, let's just talk about all the build that we had for Revolution here. Finally. Finally. <laughs> we finally have an oh, official. Yeah, revolution soon? Shit. We can we've, probably do something about we've, that. Well, I mean, it's not like any of these matches are that they're doing are like coming out of nowhere either. Like, it's just kind of stuff like it is very, it's looking very likely. Like, obviously, Punk and MJF in a dog collar match is happening. That's match number one. Um, mm-hmm. Hangman and Cole for the AEW championship looking very likely. Mm-hmm. Moxley and Danielson, I think, is almost guaranteed to happen at this point. Yep. You've got, there's going to be a triple threat tag team match for the titles. Yeah. That's, whoever, um, whoever is in that. See. Whoever is in that I hope House of good. Blacks in that. There's something that they did this week too is <laughs> more rumors swirling with them. Um, Britt Baker and Thunder Jericho Rosa and Kingston. Yeah, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Jericho and Kingston. There's so much shit. So much, so I'm, many things to do. Andrade and Sammy. I mean, they also I have the ladder that. match. They also have the ladder match, but. Yeah, let's talk about that in a minute after we get through the opener. I have some interesting opinions on this ladder match. Okay. Um, I mean the opener, the opening segment was just the punk promo for MJF. Uh kind of roasted his ass and uh punk to MJF that just pretty much roasted him. It was all built around like the the pipe like MJF saying that he's Piper in Portland. Um which I'm no history buff, but I guess that's where there was a dog collar match with Roddy Piper in it. I could uh, ask Jeeves, but I don't have 
it readily let's just say that that's what happened like <laughs> background knowledge i know i'm usually the older wwe history buff but i don't have anything just off the cuff on Roddy piper let's just say that that's what happened um he also basically just like uh literally punked him by like showing him that old picture where mjf was a kid and coming to like an autograph signing um I thought that was funny. And then and MJF was just speechless afterwards. Not something. Uh, It appears that there was a very infamous dog collar match between Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine. It was not in Portland, but Roddy Piper is like from Portland. So, yeah, I think it's just a combination of those two things. But the the Starcade 1983, a flare for gold was the dog collar match between Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine. And it's a. very infamous match apparently so that's interesting the other stuff from dynamite here um i had some signs oh yeah (laughs) tons of signs tons of good signs uh there was well first of all danielson cries at the end of old yeller um yeah so does everyone else dude dude. yeah (laughs) so that guy was stupid uh there was another sign adam cole has a dad bod yeah, so do I. So do we all, dude. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> another one that I laughed at, Jericho wipes back to front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're saying he has a vagina. Wow. Yeah. Just funny stuff. Mm. Yeah, where was this at? Nashville. Nashville. Killing it with signs. Congratulations, Nashville. Yeah, there was also like uh, a Nashville... There was also a sign that was like came to Nashville for the hot chicken and AEW or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Max Caster had the audacity to diss Nashville hot chicken. First of all, it's delicious. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. He also I dissed something some else. Spicy chicken. Oh, he dissed the Titans. Yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah, um, well, they, they laid a big egg in the playoffs, so. They were the one seed. Didn't yeah, look good. That didn't last long. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so CM Punk introed the show. Some good signs. Uh, we got Jungle Boy in a backstage segment telling everyone how he likes three ways. Yeah. And then uh, Luchasaurus said the same thing. Yeah. So apparently Jurassic Express really big into three ways. Teach their own. Um, Poor Anna J. I always thought I would. Yeah, I always thought I'd get jealous, but. Um, we're going to move on to the first match of the card, which was Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty. And as I posted on Twitter, big Lee Moriarty fan, this guy's going to be big. Danielson yeah. put him over. I thought this was very good. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. As is any Danielson match. Yeah. And then afterwards, like we get the like. Danielson finally demanding an answer from John Moxley, which I feel like I was waiting for last week and we still didn't really get it, but we did get like the quote of the night. Um, I thought it was so fucking good. Gave me chills. Just Moxley being like, he's like, I'm not saying it's a yes. I'm not saying it's a no. He's like, but I will, what I will tell you is I'm not going to stand side by side with someone until I bled with them first. So, they're they're gonna have a match. They're gonna have a match of Revolution. Dude, it's let's gonna make be awesome. A fucking no DQ match too. I mean, I don't think it needs to be. 
No, but that would just make it better. You know, Moxley thrives the best in no DQ matches. Yeah. I thought also, this was Mox's best mic work. Oh, it was so in good. Years. It was so good. He crushed the shit out of this promo. Yeah, agreed. I'm starting to like Mox. I can't believe I'm saying it. I've never been a fan of John Moxley. I've always actually cheered against him. But this promo work he's doing right now, his like recovery, his head's in a know, good space. Fact- probably that has to be what it's what's going on. He looks great. He's acting great. His promo works great. His match works great. He's not doing the wacky lie fucking clothesline. So I guess I'm a John (laughs) Moxley fan now. The wacky, whaley, inflatable arm tube man clothesline. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking hated that move in WWE when he did it. Oh, it was so so bad. So bad. Um, uh, Quick note. Wardlow qualified for the Revolution ladder match, so he joins Keith Lee. In uh, I mean, that's already gearing up to be quite the match. Uh, and Dude. then Hobbs and Dante Martin have a match tomorrow at uh, Rampage. I really hope that it's Dante Martin. Would love to see him in a ladder match environment, but if it's Will Hobbs or Powerhouse Hobbs, my God, <laughs> this ladder Dude. match is going to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was like watching it and I'm like, obviously Wardlow's gonna win and he wins. I'm like, dude, the first two people we've announced are like big hulking, I'm gonna suplex the shit out of everyone match people. Like fuck if powerhouse hob win, what kind of ladder match is this? <laughs> We're gonna be chucking ladders 30 feet across the ring because that's the only moves they know how to do. I can't imagine getting a, a I cannot imagine a normal ladder. With Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs or Wardlow being able to sustain Just that much the fucking weight, slugging it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm shocked. The first two people in the ladder match are big guys that just throw people around. Like, what kind of ladder match are we doing? What other, here? What other big dudes could we get in this match? Um, obviously, Powerhouse Hobbs. Fucking God, who's oh, gonna I, get in this? Lance Archer. Those are most of the. I mean, Lance Archer, I guess. Brian Cage. Uh, Brian Cage is not going to be in it. He's yeah, not going to be in it. They're not resigning. Evil him, Uno. Heard. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. Uh, Maybe Preston Vance. Oh yeah. Maybe I mean, he's not. He's ten. He yeah. is. He is big, but he's not like that level of big. Um, Bear Bronson. I don't want <laughs> no on the the Bear Country guys. I just I was shocked at the first two entrants of this ladder match were those kind of people. It's like the year that Kane and Mark Henry were in a ladder or in a the Mark, money in the bank match. money in the bank money. Yeah. It's like what is going on here? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? I don't I don't remember Mark Henry trying to climb a single time. Um the other one, uh, we had a we had a debut slash celebrity sighting uh, as Britt Baker joined Cobra Kai. I don't watch that show, but if you do, you can go ahead and make whatever comments you want to make. I mean, I've seen the Karate Kid movie, so I know who that is. I've just never watched Cobra Kai. So, oh, I mean, that's I, know it's, I, know I obviously really know that it's from Karate Kid originally, but Cobra Kai is like now like the the more mainstream thing that a lot of people are watching. A lot of people yes. at that place watch it and they're like, dude, you should watch Cobra Kai. And I'm like, dude, I have like 30 minutes of extra time in my day. Fuck off. So I haven't watched it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I have so much wrestling I watch week to week. Uh, Cobra Kai just doesn't have a spot in my life right now. Yeah, exactly. Too busy watching Peacemaker with John Cena. Mm. I still haven't watched it. Oh, dude, you're fucking up. It's the greatest show I've See, ever See, there you it's go. So, it is so you're funny. like those people that are telling me to watch Cobra Kai. Yeah, but John Cena's in it, so it's a wrestling show at heart, but it's also a DC comic book show. It's so good. Dude, just to like give you a picture of where my life is at right now, I watched Eternals for the first time ever last night. That movie came out in November. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Did you thought, like it though? I thought it was very good. I loved Eternals. I don't know what the critics are talking about. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. I really liked Eternals. Yeah. I, I Ooh, nice. Um But yeah, getting back on track. Adam Cole and the Hangman, they had their little segment. They called each other really bad friends. Um, and then Cole kind of left and then Red Dragon stormed the ring and beat up Hangman and Adam Cole comes back in, joins the fray and then Dark Order finally comes out <laughs> to help dude, Hangman. Red Dragon after... is back, dude. There was some weird shit that happened here, though. Like they made the yeah. reference that like Hangman hadn't been around the Dark Order in months. And then tonight's the night they finally came out and was like. Oh, yeah, we're still with the hangman, by the way. <laughs> we're going to save the day. Kyle O'Reilly's Not back, mention, obviously. Did you see Preston Vance just start throwing referees and security around? Dude, what was fucking that insane. About? I don't know. He well, was great. What was that? I don't know. I was so confused. I was like, what? They're the good guys. Why is this good guy throwing security around? And they had to, like, calm him down. And I was like, what am I watching? Is Preston Vance turning on the Dark Order right now while we're also selling the elite breaking up while we're also selling Adam versus Adam all at once. It was a very crowded segment. Yeah. Adam versus other Adam is I think what it should be billed as. Yeah. Adam Cole versus other Adam. I'm not going to say who the other Adam is. I'm just going to the other Adam. We all I guess know Adam it was Cole's the best in the biz. Big I guess game. it was mentioned in the promo who, who the other Adam yeah. was. Um, That's going to be a tough match to predict. Very tough. Um, Oh, I don't know if they put the title on Cole that easily. Yeah, I, I still think it's gonna be tough. You're gonna you're gonna struggle not to pick Adam Cole in that match. I know it. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> um, I thought the right move was made when Santana and Ortiz beat Jericho and oh, Hager. Yeah. Oh, easily. Um, Hager's barely even on the show anymore. Yep. And then Eddie Kingston is back, and it looks like we might get a Jericho and Kingston match at Revolution, like we said earlier. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can take it or leave it, but yeah, that's gonna be, be Chop City. Chop City. There are so many chops. So many chops. That might get number one match in the card just because of the chops. Be Kojima matches all over again. My God. Um, Dude, I watched the Crockett Cup from 2019 and Kojima had a match and him and Brody King were in the match. Six and a half beers worth of chops. Uh, just chops? No, total overall for a tag match that was seven minutes long. Six and a half beers. Almost a beer a minute. Because the Kojima and Brody King both use chops a lot. You just don't stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. I would die. Um, well, then. I thought the no DQ match, the women's no DQ match was pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. 
Thunder, I've always been Thunder a big Rosa, Mercedes just, fan. Uh, I thought Thunder Rosa just like she brought it in another one of these like no DQ or like the other the other one she had was the lights out match last year at St. Patrick's Day Slam. Um, she brought it again, and it's looking like it's going to be her and Britt Baker at Revolution, which I think I called like four months ago. You did something like that. Yeah. You so did. I think that's been kind of brewing for a while. And I'm surprised we went to it this early. How many defenses has Britt Baker had on pay-per-view? Pay-per-view? She won two. Tay Conti. Two. Tay Conti and Ruby Soho. No, that was on. Who'd she face it all out? That was Tay Conti, wasn't it? And who the she faced at full gear. So that was full gear. That was... Who she, she faced it all out? It all out I, thought. I thought she wanted it double or nothing. No, I'm confused. I mean, to be fair, some people never have a uh, title defense on pay-per-view. There's only four a year. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm thinking of like more WWE. Like They get a lot of like a, a strong title reign requires like multiple pay-per-views, but she's she's defended a lot on like Battle of the Belts and da- Dynamite and Grand Slam and pay- and Rampage and that's the difference else. is like she's like um, when you were talking about like how they put over like their weekly TV shows so much more than just the pay-per-views. Like they have a lot of title matches on TV, so yeah. she's made a bunch of defenses. She's had the belt for what seems like forever at this point. Yeah, I guess it is time for her to lose it then, I guess. Some spots in the 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 no DQ match I do want to touch on. Uh Thunder Rosa wore her Kill Bill outfit. Cool cosplay. Oh yeah, I did like that. Uh it's my least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, but still cool cosplay. Uh okay. There was a no so it's a no DQ match, but they went like really deep into the crowd. Does no DQ automatically mean no d- count out? Because they were outside the ring for like five to ten minutes. Sometimes they just do that and the ref follows them and yeah. doesn't count. What the fuck? What the fuck? It's wrestling, dude. They made their own rules. Kind of just um, deal with it. Th- they put a, a table like slanted against the ring and then they went off the top rope and through the table and that, that was just off the apron or off the apron and they did it did not break it cracked it did not it cracked and they slid down it and it looked like they both bruised the fuck out of their tailbones oh yeah it Thunder did, Rosa it looked at the very least if not both of them has a broken butt <laughs> after this match they broke their butt <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mercedes Martinez should never go to the top rope because every time she did a top rope move, it looked terrible. She slipped on one of them. Yeah, it, it looked that was the one I'm talking about. That was just awful. <laughs> but uh, Kill Bill Thunder Rosa gets the win here before we get an appearance by uh, the Britt Baker herself. Yep, they they uh, that group turns on Mercedes Martinez and they just do the whole regular beat down portion. Um, they uh they sold you that like so Thunder Rosa tried to give Mercedes a handshake and she like tried real hard to like get her to do it and Mercedes looked at her weird 
and like it looked like she was about to do it until DMD came out. Maybe Mercedes is doing a, a face turn here and is going to join Thunder Rosa. I don't know. This is going to be one of those. I'm, I don't really have a prediction for it. Um, I'm just I'm at the point where I'm waiting to see on that one. Uh, let's uh, let's finish up Dynamite here because we're running a little long on this. Uh, House, of Black the House of Black segment. House of Black segment. There was a knock at the door. Give me give me any reason why that person at the door was not Buddy Matthews. I can't. <laughs> If you're watched on, if be. you watched on TV with the brightness up, because I'm pretty sure my brightness was up, I could see a person in the background with long, like not like long hair, like Buddy Matthews has, and a goatee. It's got to be. It has to be no him. one else. It could be. It has and to he's, be him. The rumor on the street is he got recently signed, like this week, to AEW, like permanently signed. Yeah. So yeah, it. Almost guaranteed to be him. And then the main event, the Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, TNT championship being defended on TBS, by the way. Um, The bumps that Darby Allen takes on a weekly basis is fucking insane. But this match was incredible and I loved it. Yeah, no, this was absolutely an awesome match. Some of the spots here between these two sammy hitting the the senton while darby's hanging over the ropes yep uh the figure four where they just start slapping the shit out of each other <laughs> yep uh darby going for like his normal like dive out of the ring suicide dive kind of thing and it going into a cutter from sammy guevara oh dude i think i missed that yeah so darby Allen dived face first out of the ring and it and he RKO'd him basically in one of the coolest cutters. Fuck, dude. Sounds like it was yeah. out of nowhere, too. It was so out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. But yeah, this was uh this was very, very good. Um that's pretty much it though. Uh for Dynamite and the weekly recap. What a good week. Such a good week of wrestling, and I'm very excited for this next week in wrestling as well. Um, but first. We've got to talk about Elimination Chamber before we close out the show. We have to make some predictions here, Chad. Shit, I am just so not ready. Well, um, let's get started with them since you're you're not ready. Um, Let's start with an easy one. Just just a little warm-up for you. Um, (laughs) Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. Tell me why you're taking Madcap Moss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no um is a false count anywhere match and happy corbin will be accompanying madcap moss but uh just like the last time these two had a match there's absolutely no way in hell i'm picking madcap moss to win a pay-per-view match especially not in saudi arabia so Drew mcintyre all the way so you don't think because it's false count anywhere and corbin can get involved and 50 no. 50 booking you know no. Zero percent. Yeah, I also have Drew McIntyre. <laughs> it's very, very, very obvious. Yeah, that's uh, that's easily the most predictable match on the card. Mm, I don't know. Huh. Uh, up next, we have a singles match between Ray Mysterio and The Miz. 
uh, featuring Dominic and Maurice at ringside. Who do you have and why? So I honestly think this is one of the hardest matches on this card to predict because it could literally go either way. Um, but I'll tell you why I'm picking why I'm picking. I'm picking the Miz to win this match. Um, he's got a pay-per-view or premium live event losing streak going on against Edge slash Beth Phoenix. And you combine that with my hopes that the Mysterios will finally break up here soon. Dom costs his dad the match, maybe, and the Miz wins. So that's what I'm going with. Uh, I tried this strategy last time, and it didn't work out for me. And I'm just picking who I really want to win, slash who's obviously going to win. Um, but I'm going with the Miz as well. Uh, mm. And I like all your reasons. Plus, he's my uh, my favorite of the two. So your reasons make a, a lot of sense. And I prefer the Miz. So I'm going with the Miz. All right. Um, next match, Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville in tag team action. Who do you have and why? So I wanted to pick one of these teams because i want to pick well you have to pick one of these teams (laughs) good point (laughs) the team i was originally going to pick um was because it makes most sense for saudi arabia but what i'm actually going to pick is to go pay-per-view 50 50 booking premium live event oh god you're right never mind it's not a pay-per-view anymore all right, well, I'm just going to go with Ronda Rousey and Naomi because they're the faces, <laughs> and it's it's Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, uh, I went the same way uh, with the note of this is, I think out of all the matches on this card, this is the one that I think will most definitely end in a disqualification. So, oh, shit. like, the heels being, like, backed into a corner but or something like that, and then using weapons to get out of it, but then getting DQ'd or something like that, and that's how the faces win because there was like them the 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 spoiler of them looking strong at the end of SmackDown, which airs tomorrow. So I think that the heels have to look strong here, but they're not going to win. They're going to lose by disqualification. But either way, mm. that's that's just how I think it's going to go. But either my prediction is Rousey and Naomi. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I think that might just be a clean pin because uh, Sonya Deville's in the match and can give Ronda Rousey a clean uh, tap. But also that. Uh, let's go with the Usos. Uh, Jimmy and Jay are taking on the Viking Raiders for a SmackDown Tag Team Championship Tag Team match. Yeah. Who do you have? Um, I went with the Usos because it still just doesn't the the timing just doesn't seem right for them to lose their titles i don't know why i don't really have any reason i'm just going with the usos i had this one as a coin flip and then you said that jimmy is losing or jay is losing on smackdown this week whoever's losing to ivar oh there's also that go home show jimmy yeah there's also that yeah i'm going with the usos as well um 
this pay-per-view might be incredibly predictable, but the That's Usos advantage are going... Me. Yeah, unfortunately. The the Usos just make sense here, and I don't I don't know if the Viking Raiders are someone the WWE trust with tag team gold around their way. So well, the uh, belts are still going with the Usos. Oh, you're right. Never mind. Yeah, I'm still picking the Usos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next match. I think I really think the next two matches we should talk about are like the the two title matches they're so fucking obvious uh let's start becky lynch and lita i've got becky lynch because that makes so much sense we already talked about it becky lynch is doing a one-off with lita lita's not sticking around becky lynch is going into mania as the champion yep becky lynch. yep and roman reigns and goldberg it's it's roman reigns it's gotta be roman reigns but i'm terrified every time WWE books goldberg Especially not against Roman Reigns. The, against the fiend Bray Wyatt, who could who took 30 curb stomps and he's a not Roman Reigns tool chest. He's not Roman Reigns. I I'm picking Roman Reigns, and I hope that you're right. I'm just terrified of what the WWE would be willing to do, especially with WrestleMania on the door and knowing how they feel about Goldberg being a big sell. It scares me, is all I'm saying. But I also think you're right in that it's Roman Reigns, not The Fiend. It's not Brock Lesnar. It's Roman Reigns. Therefore, it's got to be Roman Reigns. Well, no, Lesnar is on Reigns' level. There's not that. when he lost to Goldberg back in the day. He wasn't. That's true. I guess the the... The last two matches to talk about are the Elimination Chamber matches. So let's jump into what I think is the uh, more obvious one of the two. Uh, Elimination match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship number one contender spot at WrestleMania 38. You've got Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, Nikki, A.S.H., and the goddess herself, Alexa Bliss. Sup? Sup? So, if we're not getting Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, there's something just completely fucked up. Couple that with the fact that Bianca Belair is entering last in the chamber. All signs point to Bianca Belair winning this match. That's who I'm picking. Yeah, this is about... (laughs) I thought this was the most obvious match on the whole card. Like, I, I thought this was almost more obvious than, like... Becky versus Lita, because if it's anyone but Bianca, we're gonna riot. Yeah, right. And it just doesn't make sense. Like as good as some of these other matches would be, like I would enjoy a Rhea versus Becky or an Alexa Bliss versus Becky or another Liv versus Becky. I wouldn't care. Yeah, those would all be good. But nothing will compare. Nikki Ash is a heel. Like just wouldn't make sense. It's got to be Bianca, and no one else makes sense. Bianca Belair wins the Women's Royal Rumble. Has to I mean, be. The Women's Elimination Chamber. All right. Well, then, what about the other Elimination Chamber cha- uh, match there, Chad? We have uh, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, and Kevin Riddle. Owens. No, AJ not Kevin Styles, Owens. Like Kevin AJ Styles. Owens. Yep, you're right. Not Kevin Owens, AJ Styles and Riddle. Sorry, I wasn't re. I was literally doing that from memory. Some of these 
men may never win a WWE championship. And some of the matches on this card have been hard to 50-50. You know, it's been a coin flip as to a head pick. Maybe the Usos match, you know, the Ronda-Naomi match, 50-50. Rey Mysterio versus The Miz, 50-50. This one's also another 50-50. The only two I see winning this match are Brock and Bobby. Only two. But I'm going to take who I want to win, like I said already, in 50-50 matches, and I'm going Bobby Lashley is going to maintain the title in the Elimination Chamber over Brock Lesnar. So we've had the same picks up to this point, I think, right? Oh, we're switching it up. So I do not want to be the guy on Sunday morning or Saturday night when this is over, pretty much, that despite all of the rumors of there being a title versus title match at WrestleMania and all the signs pointing to that and everything being set in stone for that to happen. I don't want to be the guy who picks something else. So I'm picking Brock Lesnar. And if it doesn't happen, Nope. If it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But I don't want that to happen and be like, this was so obvious. How did I not pick this? I mean, I think it's 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 gonna happen. I, if I was to put betting money, I put betting money on Brock Lesnar. But like I said, I could see Bobby winning this match and keeping it, so that we don't do that. And I would be more happy with that scenario. So that's what I'm picking. Well, all right then. Um, what about your who not on the card? What about your, oh yeah, I was gonna say. What about your who not on the card will make an appearance? Oh, this one's obvious. Uh, looking at it, I see a lot of. Very easy to uh, pick. Remember, uh, they're in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's a little harder because of that. But there's a lot of uh, already announced. There's Paul Heyman already announced. Happy Corbin's announced. Dominic and Maurice are announced. But you know who's not on the Wikipedia page? MVP. MVP. MVP is my pick to be surprise entrant. So, or you surprise know. I thought about that, and I think there's a reason. I think he's just not going to be there. <laughs> well, that would suck for me. I literally so. think he's just not going to be there. So I picked the one person that I think is like the most likely to show up in like some sort of backstage segment, possibly. Uh, so I went with Randy Orton. That would be my number two pick easily for if I was to pick a second person. But I, I'm pretty confident in my MVP pick here. So. I'll take that and uh, move on with my life. Pretty happy with my pick. Uh, what about blood here? I Blood seems harder to choose. So uh, for me, I went the route that I normally go where I think a lot of people are going to be picking somebody in an elimination chamber match. So then I think, well, there's also this false count anywhere match earlier on the card. So I went with madcap Moss to bleed actually. Interesting. Interesting. I think Drew McIntyre usually gets really physical in his matches. I I don't know. I just have a feeling. I'm going to go with the standard. I'm looking at the most brutal match on the card, and I'm picking who I think is going to bleed. And I think that in the elimination chamber for the men's, um, you've got some real contenders for blood that Brock Lesnar will easily throw around. So I'm picking Riddle to bleed in the men's mm. 
because I think he'll be thrown around by Brock Lesnar a lot. And I also think he will start the match because I think he could go the whole time. Him and AJ, you think? That's exactly who I picked, actually, to start the match. It would have been Riddle and AJ start the match. And Brock and Bobby are the last two in the match, I think. Probably, yeah. Um, I would also, like, there was there was a part of me that really wanted to pick Goldberg to bleed, even though, even yeah, though he it's, does just that a, a lot. it's just a regular singles match. Yeah, but I ended up going a different route. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll probably end up fucking losing like I always do, except for last time. Um, you have the title. Fuck off. There, I got to say, yep. But I got to do my, um, my pity comment so that I You're hopefully win again. <laughs> Um, and because I'm the champion, I don't need to do a tiebreaker time, but, uh, do you have one? Oh, fuck. Um, okay. I'm going to go. Remember it starts, it at, starts noon. at noon. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with three seventeen PM. Ooh, the Aaliyah Eastern, number. Eastern Got time. It. Aaliyah 317. 317 PM Eastern time. Okay. I'm excited to hear the rest of the group's picks for uh, end time. I hope somebody picks 11 something PM. That's going to be <laughs> fucking hilarious. Someone will do it and you'll have to be like, but it's not. No, I'm not going. I'm not going now. to accept. I'm not. I'm just going to say, all right. Thank you for your thank you. Thank you for your predictions. <laughs> Jesus. Um. All right. So that's going to close us out uh, next week. We are going to have our beer ratings from Elimination Chamber. We'll also cover who is the champion at the time. We will see. Uh, don't know if Joe is going to be back. He never answered my text when I asked him if he'll be back next week. Uh, unless you have some information on that. I don't know. He, he said he's busy a lot. Yeah, he's always busy at that place. That son of a gun. Um, and then... Obviously, the weekly wrestling recap, uh, there's going to be the fallout from Elimination Chamber, uh, at least on Raw, which we are going to. We will be at Raw, Chad and I, next week. Uh, The fallout from Vengeance Day on NXT 2.0 and more buildup towards AEW Revolution. I am excited. It's going to be a very good week in wrestling, probably with the exception of SmackDown tomorrow because it's pre-taped and we already know what happens. Trash. It's going to be bad. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. We've been the drunk dudes, Dylan and Chad. We'll catch you on down the road.